0: Good evening, everybody. Jason Sarni here with finnmaniacs.com. And although this is not necessarily a victory Sunday evening, it's a moral victory Sunday evening. And I have two fellow finnmaniacs who are not so, so upset. We'll talk about it. Jorge Hinojosa and Husan Patel. We'll start with Jorge first, who, oh, so close, almost made the shot cold around the world. How you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. It was
1: a it was a fun game. Uh, There was a moment there where uh, I I don't think I'm alone in saying there was a point there where we thought, oh, it's the same old Dolphins just collapsing uh, with the challenge. And, you know, they they came back, they fought back and it was great to see. And it's just a small sample of of
0: how much hope and
1: hope potential we have with this team.
0: We'll touch on that and the hope and the potential later on. I know you got a fun column coming out about that topic. And we are also joined by Hussan Patel, as I mentioned. And you guys were both throughout the week the two, I would say, more confident individuals on this potential. You know, as, as we stand now, it was not a victory, but it could have been. And there was a point in the game where we all thought that maybe there was some December magic again. Uh, of course, the Miami Miracle two years ago, almost to the weekend. So, Hassan, I'm going to bring you on in, and I want to know what you uh, saw from, you know, the Dolphins, especially in the second half.
2: Hey, guys. As always, uh, great to be here. And um, I just want to say something that if you are disappointed in this loss, you got to get out of here, man. You got to get out of here. With everything that was working against this team, this offense, against Tua down – three starting wide receivers, down three starting running backs, down two offensive linemen, three rookies playing on the offensive line, down two starting linebackers. And Bobby McCain, those crucial injuries or he got out really set the tone for the Chiefs. And as we said, we would have to play a perfect game for them to win. It was almost perfect, but not good enough.
0: You know, it's well said, They, it, it was almost perfect to hear, you know, you look at three plays. Th- four plays, really, in my mind. The Jakeem Grant bobble, which could have been caught. You want to call it a drop, what have you. But it turned into an interception.
2: I call that a DPI right there. The refs missed out on the DPI on that. I just want to say. It could have been. Cut.
1: It could, could have sorry, been. But... but I disagree on that one. I think – uh, that, that's just the, the, the cornerback, you know, making a play. And if it was the other way around, there's no way we like we would like that to be called a, you know, a, a passing interference. I think he's just making a play. And in all honesty, I mean, I get it; he's being hit. But if the ball hits you right in the numbers, you yep. have to come
0: down with that. Um, that's I'm true. The, I am in the Jorge camp on this one, Hussam. You know, if you're if you're asking two people to go up and make a play. Give me the guy who gets paid to catch, not who gets paid to bat it down. So, you know, Jakeem could be a size issue, you know, whatever. You'd love a 6'2 wide receiver to jump and high point it up there in a 50 50. But I circle that play. Doesn't happen for the Dolphins. It ends up turning into a flip situation with the Chiefs taking possession. And of course, the two plays that I think defensively were key bobby mccain being out an injury both in you know uh i, I don't think both plays were because of the comp- uh, concussion protocol maybe one of them was but clayton Fendelum just did not you know do the job and the running play by th- three kill and of course in the pass play which he was just late he, he was just late didn't have the bobby mccain anchor in him that McCain has proven that he is the last couple of months and really a couple of you know, years is just an entire player. But uh, Jorge, let's hear your thoughts on how the Dolphins were able to really, and Husam, you mentioned it down so many players, the next man up mindset really came into fruition today.
1: I mean, we've, we've been waiting for a while to have that quarterback that makes everyone around them better and believe that they're going to be able to come back from, you know, a 30, 10 deficit. And we have that with Tua. I mean, Uh, you you know, he, he was, I was just kidding with with you guys before, before we started the show that, you know, there was a point there where they were basically asking fans to come off the stands and catch passes from Tua because they were down so many bodies. Um, and, and it's going to be unfortunate and that's the NFL. Uh, It looks like we're going to be without Gaseki for the rest of the season. Uh, just based on, this is just based on the way I saw him fall down. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the shoulder or the elbow for me, it looked like the elbow, but they're saying shoulder now. Um, so, you know, we're going to be without him. And, and you've got a, a guy there in Tua that's just making guys look better than they are, putting them in positions to succeed. And if he can get just a little bit more help from some of the skilled players, I think these Dolphins can really make some noise in, in the next few weeks.
0: Husam, I want to bring you on in. And, yeah, you mentioned the skilled position players. We really all, as fans, and I think the nation in terms of – beyond the nation, obviously, the, the, the football community, everyone should really understand – no lineman in terms of Eric Flowers. You had Van Noy out. You had a Landon Roberts out. Now back to the skill position players. Preston Williams been out a couple of weeks. Kim Grant did not play in the second half. You know he was uh you know had a leg thing. And then Jusseki, you know I you know it looked like the shoulder could be a collarbone, could be a separated shoulder. Who knows? It's a shame because he had a pair of touchdowns. December has been last year his month. It was looking like this was going to be an absolute monster close of the year. So it's a huge loss for the Dolphins if Kaseki can't get back in here. But, Hussam, talk to me about the, you know, the skill position players that are coming out of the woodwork here now. Lynn Bowden, Jr. had a very nice game. What are your thoughts on him and maybe some others that need to step up now?
2: Well, first off, I want to say I did call that Mike Gisecki would have a monster game. Even before this injury, he had two touchdowns, six catches, 66 yards. Uh, Tua's trusting him a little bit more, and prayers up for Mike. Hopefully, it's not a major injury. Maybe he could come back towards the end of the season, possibly for the playoffs. Um, Devontae Parker was questionable. I don't know what happened with him. Maybe it was the hit early on in first quarter, which could have aggravated a muscle. Keem Crant had a leg thing. And Jorge, I know you joked about how we should have Xavier Howard play wide receiver. Um, I don't think of it as a joke. Maybe they should seriously consider him for some packages, you know? Um, Lynn Bowden Jr. I mean, my God, Chris Greer did such a good trade with the Las Vegas Raiders. It looks like we may have finally found our slot wide receiver after Jarvis Landry. And I said it too. He's a more leaner and faster Jarvis Landry. He just needs to get those extra reps in. Uh, Tua was trusting him as well, and I believe he had uh, six to seven catches for about 60 or 65 yards. I don't know the exact statistics yet. Um, We saw Tua really pull them back from this deficit. He scored Jiseki, and off of that X interception, he led them 80 yards down the field and snuck it in for a touchdown. Uh, That's leadership. Number one, that's called making plays for your team. And number three, this is what we want to see in a Dolphins quarterback, especially Tua. He was not phased, even if we were down or even if we were up by 10. This is Tua to a He went to the next play and just made the play.
1: You know, I I couldn't agree more with Hussan. And, uh, you know, as as we talk about the guys that that were absent today, I want to bring the spotlight to a guy that, you know, I haven't seen mentioned in Twitter. We haven't mentioned today. And we felt a loss, especially in that punt return for a touchdown. And that's Jamal Perry. I mean, we we were missing a goner basically in that in that play. You could see the guys that were out there. We're not used to being in that position. And when you're playing a team that's as fast as Kansas City Chiefs, you want your best guys out there. And I think Jamal Perry's absence uh, really hurt the Dolphins in, on, on the special teams unit. You make and a great it point. Did. And, on, and,
2: and it did. And I want to specifically mention that special teams play – There was a couple points in this game where I was looking at the refs and and seeing some of the calls they were making. Um, First call was when Tua was low blowed. Um, I don't know why they didn't call uh, roughing the passer on that. We would have been able to get a touchdown off of that. Second one was, I, I believe it was a DPI for that Jakeem Grant call. Uh, the illegal men downfield on RPOs. Okay, I I might get you for that. Um, I'm sorry, but I know I know we like to complain about penalties, but Brian Flores and the Dolphins shit too. You see, good teams. After a while, complaining about penalties that shouldn't have gone against them. And later on, when we do see offsides occur, or maybe even a slight false start, they don't get called for it because the refs know, hey, they made a mistake. The Dolphins should be doing that too, as well. And I want to come back to the special teams play. That play right there, the gunner was being held by his own. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter or during the play, but I saw it on the screen whether Gunner was held. And that was an illegal block in the back or maybe even in holding. And that would have taken back Nicole Hardman's touchdown. And I want to say this. What's crazy to me is without that special team's touchdown or that safety, Miami's offense outscored the Chiefs' offense.
0: Yeah, and going back to that play, the Mecole Hardman play, you're right, Hussam. And, uh, you know, both points correct you guys you know jamal perry's absence yes you're asking someone else to make that block or you know to make that pl- that play as a gunner and yes definitely you saw that could have definitely been a block in the back there saw the play myself right away said that and of course the twitter eruption everyone else was seeing that as well but you know maybe it's the champions getting the call or getting the lack thereof the refs put their flag in their pocket and keep it there for that but it would be nice for the dolphins to get those calls but that wasn't maybe necessarily going to be the game winner. You'll have to say it. Obviously, you'll look for some other of those plays that I, one or two other plays could have gone another way for the Dolphins. Look, Jason Sanders missed a field goal. There was a safety. So there's five points that are just up right there that really kind of shouldn't be. And, of course, when you look at the six-point loss, I know that mathematically doesn't make sense, but, of course, factors in the game could have been a heck of a lot different if those points weren't on for the Chiefs. So, you know, you really got to shake this loss off. I think Jorge, I think Hussam, this was a positive. You found a guy in Lin Bowden who could be more reliant upon. You solidified, you know, more – of that defense just being very, very good. You, you let him 33 points, but opportunistically, you're able to pick off Patrick Mahomes. He only had that happen once in his career. You know, you pick him three times. That is something that only one other defensive unit can say in the couple of years that he's been lighting this league up on fire. The Xavier Howard pick was almost like that Brent Grimes fading behind himself down in the end zone or the corner Right before the end zone, it was exquisite. So, a lot of positives that you can take from this. This was the Byron Jones signature game. He was all over the place. So, you got to take it for what it's worth, guys. Jorge, I want to hear what you want to say uh, in terms of kind of the optimism moving yeah, forward.
1: Look, I think, uh, you know, I agree with everything you just said, Jason, but I got to say you missed on the on the biggest one, and that's, uh, guys, we have head coach. We have the head coach. Uh, I mean, how many times have we seen the dolphins you know down by multiple scores, just hanging their heads, not fighting back, just basically you know rolling over for the opposite team? How many times have we seen the dolphins you know miss out on a starter, miss on another starter, and then just once again rolling over the dolphins had both happened today, and they fought back and what 's most impressive is if you hear the guys after the game, the dolphins players, the dolphins coaches, no one is happy with it. No one is saying you know, we were close it 's against the chiefs. Oh, this or that. No, no, no. They expect it to win. And the hardest thing to, to develop in the NFL or any sports franchise for that matter is a culture. And Brian Flores, in less than two full seasons, has really developed a winning culture in Miami where guys are playing for each other, where guys are playing for the coaching staff, for the institution, for the organization. And, I mean, only 14% of the Dolphins snaps are free agents next year. And that's mostly a Landon Roberts and Ted Karras. Um, two guys that look. I think they deserve to be to come back. I hope the Dolphins bring them back. Then again, if if they don't, I trust this front office to replace them with guys that are going to come in at a high level, anyways. So, guys, we're on the right track. It's year two of the rebuild. We're eight and five. We're very much in the hunt of the playoffs. Whether we get there or not, this team is on the right track. We've got a head coach. We've got a defensive coordinator. We've got a quarterback and we've got the culture. So things are looking up. No one likes to lose. Um, it's awful, you know, to, to, to go out of a game saying, "kuda have woulda, shoulda. The Dolphins were there today against the Super Bowl-winning Kansas City Chiefs. This is a very young team that just needs to learn to put their foot on the other team's throat and keep it there for the whole game. But I have absolutely no doubt they're going to learn to do that, and I have absolutely no doubt that we're on the right track.
0: Well said, Jorge. And Hussam, I want to get uh, you on in here to kind of Hopefully, play off that optimism.
2: Coulda, woulda, shoulda. You're absolutely right, Jorge. There are no, no moral victories in the NFL. As fans, we might be feeling morally okay with it. Players, they sure as hell are not. And guess what? That is a good thing to hear. That is a great thing to hear. And as Flora said in the postgame conference, they're a resilient team, they don't quit. And I even said it in uh, my article after the Denver loss. People were saying the team was quitting. They weren't doing their jobs. They were flat ass, just not doing it. Have you ever seen this Brian Flores team quit? Did they quit in a 55-0 to blowout against the New England Patriots? No, they still did their best. Did they quit it in the Denver game? No, they lost on the last second big pick by Fitzpatrick did they quit in the Chiefs game hell no they try to go for the field goal and get the onside kick but unfortunately it did not work and another positive I saw was even though we didn't have KVN and E-Rob out there we certainly missed them in the middle of the field and Kelsey did did well he's a future Hall of Famer Jerome Baker early on he was getting those sacks, he was getting those pressures, he was getting those tackles for losses in the run game. I mean, except for those two or three chunk yardage carries in the beginning of the game, they really clamped up later late on. I mean, Rayquan Davis, flex, he should be flexing his muscles. He's a big boy. Zach Sealer, Christian Wilkins. The big boys up front are eating. The defense is spectacular. Minus Giving away those chunk yardage plays to Travis Kelsey. I mean, we said it. We said it in the last pod, it's going to be up to Eric Rowe against Travis Kelsey, and Travis Kelsey is a monster. Eric Rowe did all he could do on the offensive side of the ball. I think Chan Gailey is not going to be holding Tua back any longer, and God, to hope he does not. I mean, he was playing. With a bunch of rookies, with a bunch of waiver wire pickups. And we said it earlier on no starting running backs, no starting wide receivers, maybe three tight ends, you could say, that were running their routes properly. I couldn't imagine what this offense would look like next year if we pick up star wide receivers in the draft. A Najee, Harris, Travis CT, and Javante Williams at running back. A little bit more depth pieces at safety and the defensive line and edge rushers, uh, building more of the offensive line as well. And coming into this game against the Super Bowl defending champions, the Dolphins for sure gave him a hell, a hell of a run for their money. I mean, in their last losses against playoff teams such as The Bills, the Seahawks, and the Chiefs, they're 0-3 by a combined 17 points. Disappointing? Yes, a little bit, because you want to get over that hump of becoming of average and mediocre and wanting to beat playoff teams. They did beat playoff teams of the Los Angeles Rams and the Cardinals, but in the AFC, it matters. You're not playing the NFC in the playoffs unless you're in the Super Bowl. You consider in the past 10 games, they're 8-2. And remember, they're shorthanded on the offensive side of the ball. If we had Alan Hearns and maybe even Albert Wilson, this game would have changed trajectory big time. And I'm looking forward to see how they respond to this loss against the New England Patriots, which is a must-win game for them to get into the playoffs.
0: This is the perfect must-win rebound game. And, you know, you're welcoming – the Patriots back to, uh, you know, Hard Rock Stadium to defend really what happened last year when they came down, you mentioned that they got annihilated, but they didn't give up last year. But at the same time, you need to get this win because it is their last home game and it's a chance to get to their ninth win, which would do two things, keep them into the playoff race and it would guarantee and clinch a winning season. And for that to be said in Brian Flores, second year With all these young mid and early 20-somethings, that is – and you you know what? You referenced it earlier, Hussam. No one wants more victories, but come on. That is a victory. You have to really acknowledge the fact that this is a winning football team already, way ahead of schedule, and the draft is going to be picking their poison on what they want to increase their – you know, do they want to make their – Defense even that much more elite in the first day of the draft because they got multiple picks. So they want to solidify a line and then get to a, a toy. But I'm going to throw one name out there, guys. And I know everyone loves the Etienne's and the Najee Harris's and all of these uh, Trevor Harbors. I've had one player. I don't and I know. Don't, don't, do, do not steal this one from me, Hassan. <laughs> Because all you guys who went to the big-time power schools, I went to little old Buffalo. I was alive and well and in the press booth for their first Division One win, the University of Buffalo. Jarrett Patterson. Number 26, where's number 41? If anybody wants to really go back and look at the story on why a lot of Buffalo players are wearing number 41, it's tragic, but go look at the story. Jarrett Patterson is going to be an absolute stud in the NFL. He might not be a day one pick, circle day two. Because if the Dolphins do not draft a running back day one or in that early second round pick and Patterson is on the board, I'm going to be doing a dance because that's going to be the guy. Jared Patterson is going to be a Dolphin in a couple of months.
2: Man, you just boiled my um, recent and upcoming Saturday Scouting Combine uh, articles highlighting Jared Patterson and how the Dolphins could possibly pick him up and use him. And I want to take one more positive out of this as well. When I said that the Dolphins needed to play a near perfect game, if you look at the stats, Um, rushing yards, we only had 80, okay. The Chiefs have 94. Both offenses do not have the best offensive lines to get the run game going. Passing yards, Patrick Mahomes against Tua Tungvaluwa. We know who Patrick Mahomes is. Mahomes had 352 yards without the sacks. I mean, with the sacks. Tua Vailoa had 289 passing yards with the sacks because the sacks negate passing yards. Third down, is where we really honed on Jorge, that the Dolphins needed to convert. And they did. Um, although it wasn't over 50%, it was about 45%, 7 out of 15. The Chiefs were 5 for 11 on third down. That's less than 50%. And the Dolphins are the number one third down defense in the NFL, allowing about 32.8% conversion rate. As we said, the Dolphins took the ball away from the Chiefs four times. The Chiefs only took it once with that Tua to Tagovailoa of interception off of Jakeem Grant. The Dolphins sacked Mahomes three times, and Mahomes rarely ever gets sacked. And that, you know, is crazy. They were able to put pressure with a four-man rush. The Chiefs were able to sack two or four times. Penalties, the Dolphins were very disciplined. Only three penalties for 35 yards. And the Chiefs had eight penalties for 56 yards. The time of possession, as you know, is key to beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs had 28 minutes and 30 seconds. The Dolphins had 31 minutes and 31 seconds. Now, I mentioned in the last pod, this offense is too good to beat. You will not win in a shootout with them, even though we won the time of possession. It came to, the, to Miami's offense against Kansas City's offense, and Kansas City's offense ruled supreme. And that is the issue Miami has right now. They do not have the weapons. Come 2021, those weapons will be coming, and those weapons will be good. 2021 is a season to look out for.
0: Or, hey, I think that ties perfectly into what you're jotting down right now. I'm sure we're going to be publishing momentarily after this pod airs tonight. So why don't we uh, get out of here with uh, more optimism, you know, and uh, see what we can head into looking for for the Patriots next week. I mean, it's, it's going to be a good game. It's
1: it's a Bill Belichick coached Patriots against the Dolphins team. Those are never going to be easy. Uh, but honestly, I see no reason why Dolphins should not go into that game uh, you know, with, with high energy, with passion coming over from this game, knowing it's a must-win for them, and, you know, just making sure that the Dolphins win this game. And to do that, and Hussein basically hit it right in the nail, we need Changeli to really open that playbook for Tua. Keep it open. Don't try to limit him now that he's shown what he can do. And honestly, it's going to be the next man up. And Lin Bowden and Malcolm Perry, they're two rookies. They were quarterbacks in college. Guys they need to step up, and they need to prove that, you know, as Bill Purcell said – if they don't bite as puppies, they're never going to bite. So, you know, it's not the circumstances you want for them. You want to give them time to develop. Unfortunately, you know, the injuries to this team, uh, this team have suffered. Uh, it's it's going to impact them, but they need to step up and they need to show that they, they, they belong in the NFL.
0: That's exactly right. And I think that next week is really kind of, you know, I've said this before, don't show me what you do after a win. Show me what you do after a loss. And to welcome those Patriots and to really not welcome them, to beat the pants off of them. That would say a lot, and that would tell the league a lot. So I guess that will do it for week 14. Unbelievably quick season, it seems like, in all the midst of COVID and what have you. So that's another factor where you have to give the Dolphins credit. They're really handling that aspect of this very, very well. And to have everything with that set at 8-5, and everything has got to be looked at as a win. So for Hussan Patel, for Jorge Hinojosa, and for everyone out there listening for finmaniacs.com, Jason Sarnier, have a terrific rest of your weekend. Fins up, everybody.